Hey, I'm Jenna Wolf, certified lactation counselor, parent coach, and extended breastfeeding mom of two. I fully understand the unique challenges of breastfeeding beyond the baby days, and I'm here to take your hand and support you along your journey. So toss that hair in a messy bun, grab a basket of laundry to fold, and let's get started. This is Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. Hey, we made it to episode three, everyone, which is a little bit humorous because I released three episodes on launch day, so you didn't have to wait very long, but here we are, episode three. I want to just say right now that I will be discussing a little bit of birth trauma today, Um, not in any great detail, but if that is, you know, a potential trigger for you then you may want to not listen to this episode. Um, Or I will also just kind of mention it as I'm talking about it, like as I'm moving into it. So you might just want to skip ahead at at a a certain point. Um, And I will be discussing a little bit of my own personal mental health struggles. Again, nothing in great detail or being too gruesome or gory with details, but you may want to skip ahead at certain points or turn off this episode if that's particularly triggering for you full permission to do so if that's what you need to do to take care of yourself. Okay, so the first episode, I went over toddler breastfeeding struggles, how these struggles are kind of unique, um, and also how they're similar to other breastfeeding struggles, but how we we need to deal with them a a bit differently. Um, And I shared your stories. Some of you had submitted you know, just short little excerpts of your story. um, And I will be sprinkling more in through the episodes. But if you missed hearing yours being shared and you missed that episode, head over. You might hear your story being shared there. Um, And then in the second episode, I talked all about irritating breastfeeding behaviors like nipple twiddling and gymnast strikes and all of those things. So if you are struggling with that, I highly recommend heading over to that episode and having a listen because I spilled most of my secrets, (laughs) perhaps all of my secrets about that specific issue. Um, And I just, I really gave you step-by-step how to move through that. So it's a great episode. Have a listen. Today, I'm going to be talking about my personal story of breastfeeding, toddler breastfeeding, preschool breastfeeding, pretty much now (laughs) school-aged breastfeeding, Um, and how I got to where I am today as far as breastfeeding goes. And also some of my story as to why I fully respect people's decisions to A, not breastfeed, or B, end their breastfeeding relationship sooner than I have. Um, Like I fully get it. And I'm going to share a little bit as to why that is that I get it and why I've made some of the choices I have. Of course, I'm sure I could talk about my story for hours and hours. (laughs) But I'm going to give you the highlights today that are really relevant to um, to, to my breastfeeding pieces and how I got to, drumroll please, 2,083 days of breastfeeding. Isn't that wild? 2,083 days of breastfeeding one child, my daughter. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so crazy when I look back and, and think about that. So getting started in our breastfeeding journey, it was a little bit rocky at first. So personally, I was breastfed and my mom breastfed me till I was about two-ish. So I just 
kind of was like, yeah, breastfeeding. That's what I'm going to do for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll breastfeed and probably breastfeed till two. I knew that that was the recommended amount and didn't seem to like too daunting of a task. Um, I was like the idea of latching and all of that felt kind of foreign. And I, I wasn't really sure that I would know what to do, but I also just figured, well, like I'll figure it out, <laughs> you know? And then my mom, who is actually a labor uh, doula, she's a, a birth doula, um, was looking to take some more certifications or not certifications, but to get some more continuing education type credits um, and whatnot. And so there was an opportunity to take an online breastfeeding course. Um, or sorry, it wasn't online. <laughs> this was back back in the days before everything went online with the pandemic. Um, this was an in-person local breastfeeding class. And so um, I went with her and I took it. And it was like about four hours worth of education, but my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much to this. I was writing just pages of notes. I really thought I kind of knew what I needed to know about breastfeeding, but I was just like, there is so much to know about breastfeeding. I did not know any of this. I remember my husband didn't come because I went with my my mom. And so I remember coming home and just being like, blah, 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 just telling him all the things that I had learned. And it was really amazing. And then um, my daughter was born and we struggled in the hospital with latching. She had what the nurses kept calling like a lazy tongue, but her latch looked fine from the outside. Um, but she wasn't staying awake while we were breastfeeding. And it was just, and then she just stopped latching altogether. Like I couldn't get her to latch. So it was very, very difficult. So she kind of latched at the beginning, like I was saying, like from the outside, it seemed okay, like the first couple times, but then she just stopped latching. So we went until my breast milk really came in without latching. So about three or four days. Um, and then once my milk came in, it was okay. But I had like a crazy oversupply from the get go. Like I just had a lot of milk. Um, and so I was basically fire hosing her. <laughs> but I mean, it's normal to experience engorgement and kind of like higher end of supply when your milk first comes in. But I was able to fill a breastfeeding pad. So this was not a pump. This was not even a collector. This was just a milk, like a, a, a you know, a pad in my breast with two ounces of milk in one breastfeeding session would just pour out of me. I had to wear a towel when I walked around because I was just leaking milk constantly. Um, and then yes, I ended up with some low supply issues and all those things along the way, but this was my kind of initial, but the thing was, is that I had had, um, difficult experiences with, with my daughter's birth. So I won't go into detail here if birth trauma is kind of a trigger for you, but I'll just say that I did have some difficult experiences and I ended up with an infection that I didn't know I had at first. So by day five postpartum, I couldn't even, like I struggled to just sit up. I was very, very sick. So I was able to latch her and latch, lay down from the side to be able to breastfeed her. But we went into an appointment at the hospital and I had to go in in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk and it was just super, super hard. Um, so yeah, I remember just being really overwhelmed and just like crying. Like I couldn't even change her diaper. And I was like, I'm just going to need like, I will never be a mom to my baby. It felt like it felt like taking care of her was just 
not something I was ever going to be able to do because it just seemed <laughs> quite literally her whole life like I was just really struggling. I remember being so, so overwhelmed. Eventually, we got the infection figured out. Um, but still, those first couple weeks were really hard, um, healing-wise, all of that. So yeah, that was my early breastfeeding experience with my daughter. She did have a tongue tie and a lip tie and we had it revised. and We had all of those things happen and colic and reflux and up all night long and screaming and not latching and all the things, <laughs> all the things. Um, so I was grateful that I had taken that breastfeeding class before she was born because I actually understood what to do do. So even though we had those struggles, like I knew how to navigate them. I knew how to hand express. I knew to ask for a medicine cup and a syringe at the hospital. I knew how to finger feed her. Um, I knew what to do to navigate the supply issues. Like I knew how to navigate that just from that class that I had taken. So I was really grateful for that. And I had connected with a local lactation consultant who was able to come out and support me at that point. So super recommend getting prenatal support. I don't know if anyone will ever listen to this podcast who is pregnant and, <laughs> you know, never breastfed, but I highly recommend if you happen to be listening, go and get prenatal breastfeeding support and get yourself set up. Okay. So then we had things kind of figured out, right? By like maybe month three or four. <laughs> I was like, okay, this latch thing we got down. We're, you know, in a groove. And yeah, there were still hard days that came. I remember like her going, I think it was right around three months. Um, she went like seven or eight hours during the day without breastfeeding. And it was just like there was there was definitely those kinds of days that happened and nights that were hard and all of that. But by and large, we navigated it. We were like, okay, we got this, right? And then by the time she turned like a year, it was like, yeah, this is pretty fun, actually. Like, I enjoyed it. It wasn't too bad. It was like, yeah, we got this. Um, by that point, I was already supporting other moms locally. I had taken some breastfeeding, other breastfeeding certification or like classes. I didn't, I wasn't fully certified at that point, but um, I just, I knew like a lot and I'd been through so much that kind of just by, de facto, I became this breastfeeding coach where um, friends would call me over to their house and I'd help them out. I mean, that started as early as Nora being three months old. I was going to friends' houses and helping them with latching and um, all of that. <clears throat> and then friends of friends and all that started happening. And I just kind of was going around and helping people out. And then I did go to get certified and I you know, did, did that route and studied lots and had now I have hundreds hundreds of hours of lactation education credits because <laughs> um, I just keep getting them. I love learning more about it. So I keep learning more about it. But I was doing that. And then we were like, yeah, this is going so well. Let's have another baby. <laughs> and my very first symptom of pregnancy with my son was my nipples were super crazy sensitive and my daughter's latch suddenly felt like razor blades. And that was the very first time that I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I thought this was going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> I thought I'd be able to breastfeed through pregnancy, no problem. And so um, that happened, like nipple pain. And then we also had, like I had full-blown nursing aversion started. So like the skin crawling urge to push her off of me was really, really hard. Um, when quite literally just weeks, like 
a couple months, weeks, matter of weeks before, breastfeeding was like the best thing ever. And I loved every moment of it. And now it was like, I just don't want her on me. And meanwhile, she's so little, like she wasn't even two. Um, to Like it was very confusing and scary for me. And I'm sure it was confusing and scary for her too. I remember like literally punching my headboard in the middle of the night, feeling so frustrated and overwhelmed and just trying not to take it out on her and like just, you know, gritting my teeth and just like, like slamming my fist into the headboard because it was so much, right? Like so, so much. And then when my, I was, you know, maybe, I don't know, three or four months pregnant, um, I was seeing my care team for my pregnancy and some things came up about my daughter's birth and I had to review the birth records. So again, this might, if you get triggered with birth trauma, this might be a time where you want to, you know, skip ahead a little bit, but I had to review the birth records and I already knew that I didn't feel safe during my daughter's delivery. I already knew that I made choices that I didn't want to make and that I kind of allowed things to happen that I didn't want to happen. That's how I felt at least about it. But then I saw the birth records that the obstetrician who delivered my daughter had lied on them. Like he did not tell the truth. Um, He even lied about the size of my daughter's head. (laughs) He said it was unusually large. Meanwhile, I had the birth records, like I had her measurements, like basically right beside it saying, you know, that her head was 50th percentile, which if you're not familiar is quite literally average, average size head. But, you know, it was very hard to like read that. Then I had to make a decision. The, The doctor had wrote in the birth records, like on my on my chart that I was not to give birth vaginally again. So my whole plan had been to vaginally deliver my son. So now I had to make a choice about what I was going to do. So I got a second opinion and the second opinion of the OB who I was talking with was not very supportive or kind at all. Pretty arrogant told me that like just he told me some very extreme things that I knew were just simply not true about what might happen to me. Um, meanwhile, like I am the kind of person I over research. So I had already looked at studies and looked at the actual statistics of what might happen to me. So I knew, and then I went in and he also told me that, um, like, the, and this might be kind of difficult if you've had trauma, medical trauma or whatever, but he told me that nobody would, treat like people wouldn't treat me well in the hospital if I chose to deliver vaginally and I had a problem that I would be put on the last list of priorities and that like it would be very hard to get an OB to come help me because I had that written on my chart and so that was hard so then I had to make a choice so now it's like do I choose a c-section or do I choose to birth vaginally up against all of these all of this odds and pressure. And at the same time, I had been having so much, um, like there had been just a ton of difficult things happening in my personal life and with my kind of family of origin or my like, you know, my parents and stuff. And there's just been so much happening. So my nursing aversion was through the roof. And now I understand that nursing aversion has so much to do with nervous system regulation. And my nervous system was being put through the ringer. (laughs) <laughs> on every single front. So I made the choice. 
here I am, the daughter of the doula. I had read all the natural birth books. I had done all the things. Um, And not that I was anti-C-section by any means, but I knew that the C-section wasn't as warranted as the second opinion and first opinion and second opinion had said. I knew that I was kind of coming up a difficult system, coming up against, sorry, a difficult system. So at the time I was seeing midwives and they were very, very supportive of whatever choice I wanted to make. And they were helping me look at the research as well and process those things. Um, But I ultimately decided to have a C-section because I was tired (laughs) and because I wanted to. I wanted to just not have to deal with all those hard things. And I don't regret it at all. I'm really proud of myself for making that choice. And man, was it freaking hard. So why am I sharing that? Oh, okay. Well, let me go on to say that I did have my son via C-section and I tandem fed. I breastfed in the hot, like in the OR. I was breastfeeding him. Um, before I went into recovery, I had music playing in the OR and I had Jenny and Tyler's song When I Meet You playing, which I love. And it was so, so special. Um, And I'm really proud of myself for making that choice and doing that in that way. And then we tandem fed for, we've been tandem feeding, we're still tandem feeding for three, over three years now. So yes, there have continued to be bumps and struggles with breastfeeding along the way. Um, Nursing aversion did remain. I still had it after my son was born and didn't just go away. And I was navigating that. I don't experience it at all really anymore. Um, Unless both kids are latched at the same time, then that can feel like too much for me. But I navigate that and I have lots of tools to put in place. But um, yeah, so of course, and, and if you listen to the previous episode, uh, nipple twiddling and all that stuff is something I experience with my son regularly. And I navigate that super, like, you know, in that episode, I talked about meeting needs. And yeah, I mean, really, really, really happy with our breastfeeding journey. And I wouldn't change anything about it. And now my daughter, who is five and a half, um, breastfeeds. So we night weaned while I was pregnant with my son. Um, so she was two and I, we've put limits around breastfeeding. She breastfeeds in the morning and at night, except for that she doesn't ask all that much anymore. So occasionally breastfeeds in the morning, occasionally at night. And it's normally for seconds at a time, but I'm really grateful for it. I still cherish it. And sometimes I let her breastfeed for longer and I just soak up the snuggles. Um, and I know that the end is coming pretty soon. I have a feeling that it's right around the corner. Um, And I'm also grateful for breastfeeding still being a tool that I can pull out. And I have used many times. This is less needed now. But my daughter is like very, um, like she experiences feelings intensely. And like all kids, (laughs) but particularly kids who have really big feelings, you know, she can get really dysregulated. And breastfeeding has always been kind of a really easy, supportive way of resetting, right? Like, and of helping her to calm down, to relax, um, and moving her back into a more regulated state. So I'm so grateful that I've had that along the way just to support both of us, right? Because anything that can support my kiddo, 
in those times of intensity is supportive for me. (laughs) Okay, so what do I want you to take away from my story today? Number one is that I do understand. I understand the hard things. Like, really, I do. Um, And number two is that if you want a breastfeeding relationship where you can feel at ease and bonded and love it, and you don't feel like you have that right now, weaning is not your only option. There's, there is hope that you can have that relationship um, in a way that feels really amazing for both you and your child. I promise you, I've done it in my own life. And also, no matter what, no matter what choices you are making, I am here and I am in your corner. I I know that when it comes to breastfeeding and lactation, there can be this idea that lactation consultants are like these lactivists, right? Which is like breastfeeding at all costs. And that is not me. <laughs> and I shared the story of having to make the hard decision about having a C-section, not because I was vilifying a C-section or like that I felt like the C-section was bad or wrong. I didn't feel like that. But I also like felt like I kind of got for lack of a better word, robbed of a really beautiful vaginal birth with my daughter, the one that I wanted, um, because of the way that the doctor treated me. And now I am not saying that everybody who has birth trauma, it's just because of the way the doctor treated you. Like, I'm not saying that at all. That was simply my case and my situation. Um, That really was what it came down to. And and I I knew that. I found that out really, like, really concretely later looking through the birth records. Um, But I also, like the C-section, it would have been an opportunity, what I felt like an opportunity to kind of, you know, I don't know, like rectify the poor experience I had the first time. But also I, I hated feeling like the choice was taken away from me. And just simply because um, people like were flexing their power, right? Like that's what it felt like was the OB who lied on the birth records. And then also the OB who told me, like awful things. If, like I mentioned before that, you know, like that he wasn't going to stitch me up in the hospital or I'd get put on the last of the list that I would be the least prioritized because I chose to have um, a vaginal birth, you know, when I had been recommended to have a C-section, even though the doctor who recommended the C-section had lied. Um, nobody was listening to me. I didn't feel like that voice was being heard. And so on one hand, I felt this kind of weight of responsibility to be the change and to stand up against the system and, you know, like, but then it was just too much. <laughs> I, I chose the C-section and I'm so grateful I did. And I'm really, really proud of myself for doing that. So if you choose, if you are choosing what is best for you and for your family at any given moment, I am crazy proud of you. And if you are doing the best you can at any given moment, I am crazy proud of you. And the best that you can do might look like laziness to other people, but I'm still super proud of you. And I I fully understand that. Um, So that's why I shared that story, because I want people to feel safe listening to this podcast and to know that whatever choice they've made, whatever experiences they've had, whatever things they've stood up against, whatever things they haven't stood up against, maybe things have been easy for you, that you are welcome here and that I am on your side 
and that this this podcast is here to be a safe place for you to show up as you and that that is like that is my dream and my heart for this podcast so that we can talk honestly about the struggles we're having we can laugh together, we can cry together, we can, you know, explore all of the things about showing up as ourselves, being authentic, connecting deeply with ourselves and our kids through this stage of motherhood. So I'm wrapping it up here. That's just a small piece of my story in my 2,083 days of breastfeeding. And also just a little piece of my story to show you to offer to you that I hear you and I get I get the internal struggles around things and I fully believe that making a choice that is right for you is the right choice all right and and also I believe that choices are never black and white <laughs> ever 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 and that is something that I will be sh- like very adamant about on this podcast is living in the nuance and exploring those things and just, you know, listening and being open to being wrong, right? And all of those pieces. So that is today's podcast. I want to remind you that if you take a screenshot of yourself listening to this podcast, and it has not yet been January 30th, 2023, (laughs) during the week of this podcast launch, if you take a photo of yourself listening, post it on your stories and tag me in it, you will be entered into a draw to win a one hour Zoom call with me where you can pick my brain about anything breastfeeding related at all, or even parenting related, obviously anything from any stage of parenting and breastfeeding. Um, I will give you a full hour of my coaching for free. I am super excited to meet with whatever lucky winner it is. And I will see you on the weekly podcast drop. I have got some really exciting guests that I've already interviewed and the the episodes are just waiting in the bank to be released, um, as well as some really cool solo episodes where I think I'll be talking about things that are really um, relevant to you, things you want to hear about. Follow me over on Instagram. And if you love this episode, shoot me a DM. I want to hear about it. Shoot me a DM. I want to hear about it. I love to chat, love to connect, uh, and I'll see you over there. If you loved this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes in the future. Also, check out my breastfeeding toddler communication guide and cheat sheet to learn how to say no to the feed while still saying yes to the need at www.ownyourparentingstory.com forward slash guide. And that concludes another episode of Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. The theme song is Little Balloon by Jenny and Tyler. And it has been a pleasure to share this time with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.